So we're live. We're live. Everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we are joined tonight by uh, our wrestling guru in the Nerdy Up North podcast, which is Jake, <laughs> who keeps on whipping the chains and telling us all about the, the like say, um the things that's going on, or people taking bumps. And yeah, stuff. I was going to say bumps in the strap match, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined by a very special guest tonight, and we are very pleased to have him, uh, Lee from Avantgarde Wrestling. Um, he has been, I'd say, a member of the Nerdy Up North group and uh, for a while, I believe. I think I saw you join a while ago. Um, and I know Josh was meant to come on tonight, but unfortunately, Josh is uh, at work. So he has taken the reins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you for joining us tonight uh, yeah. there, Lee. Um, hopefully, like I say, we're going to have a bit of fun and uh, talk about, like say, yourself and talk about the promotion. But just give us a little bit of information about yourself and how you got started at Avangard. Well, firstly, thanks very much for having us on the podcast, Paul. Um, <laughs> you know, like, for the past year, year now, and you know it's. I've commented, I've, you know, um, <laughs> part on, on your on your little debates, nerdy debates and stuff like that, and I'm a nerd at heart, you know what I mean? I can't, I've got my tattoos and I'm a big fella to try and mask that, but I, I can't, you know, I'm a nerd at, at heart, you know, so it's a pleasure being on the show. Um, yeah, m- my name's Lee, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm like Jake, I'm a big wrestling fan, I know, I know you are, Paul, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone's got their own opinions of what wrestling is, you know, Different mm-hmm. flavors from people like vanilla, someone like some like strawberry, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Jake likes uh, a certain wrestling style, and maybe mine might be a bit different, you know. But yeah. I think at heart, we we love professional wrestling, you know, in, in different, mm-hmm. different flavors and different forms. No, definitely. And I think, again, with, with wrestling, you always go in different waves and different popularities. I know, like when I was a kid, like the Attitude Era and everything was kicking off, and that was the big thing. Then, well, probably not a kid, but during the teenage years, but before that, there was always like the cartoon era. But now we're getting more varieties, Tabby Thea, because it was always like you had to like back in the day, it was always you liked either one side or the other side. But now there's so many different options mm-hmm. or varieties. Now it's a case for all different types. And it's, it's probably a lot of people slag off wrestling now, but I think it's probably the best wrestling we have had in the last 10, 15 years. I don't think I could argue with that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite strange, you know, as a wrestling promoter to say that I don't watch a lot of wrestling now, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that, you know, that might seem a bit balmy, but um, for the past, I don't know, for the past decade or maybe 15 years, stretching that that far, that I wouldn't class that I, I would have watched wrestling. I wouldn't class myself as a fan. But at mm-hmm. heart, I love it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I've been, I felt like I'd been burned as a wrestling fan, as in the content mm-hmm. that was going out, I wasn't really a fan mm-hmm. of. So, I'm not going to watch it. I don't have to sit through and watch it. I'll just do something else, you know, that I that I like, you know, maybe football or something like, or something a bit more nerdy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You I can be like... nerdy about anything, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, everyone has that moment <clears throat> where they kind of drift out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like, like you say, if it is like the quality of the product changes or something. But I think as well, like everyone has to like have some time away from wrestling because it's it's never ending <laughs> like yeah. you know you got you got indies you got different channels you got video games like anything and like there's so much but it's always not it's like a, once you're in it's a nice thing to like drift back to when you feel like ready again 
um, or to try out a different style, like like you were saying. No, definitely. But because uh, I know you're like uh, we, me and Jake went to the the last avant-garde event. I, don't, I can't remember the date. Jake probably knows better than me. What was the last date one? Oh, was it was it December or was it January? Sorry, it might have been December. Japanese didn't do it in January. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> or was it like October or November? <laughs> oh yeah, it, was it not just like around our birthday time, Paul? Because we're was, birthday twins. But anyway, yes, that that was a very a very like cool experience, and it felt nice to be like almost on the ground level of something. Like I know you had had a previous show. Um, but it was nice to kind of get in there early and see kind of what you guys are building. Um, how have you found like the like the northeast wrestling scene to be at the moment? Um, like based on your previous experience and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, um, let's just say British wrestling as a whole. It's um, I think it went through a boom period, mm-hmm. maybe two years, probably pre-COVID. Um, I yeah. think, you know, COVID and different other factors maybe maybe impacted that, but it's mm. it's 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 gradually getting better, you know. And I, I, probably better is the wrong word. I just mean as in you know, COVID hit us, you know, mm. you know, financially, emotionally, you know, you know, small businesses, every everybody involved, you know, not just wrestling. And um, it's getting back on its feet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, the northeast wrestling scene, you know, it's a bit a bit of a mixed bag. You know what I mean? But it's it's I think wrestling in general is just a niche thing anyway, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. and certainly what we're trying to do, we're more of a niche of a niche thing, you yeah. know, and <laughs> British wrestling as a whole is, you know, again, I'm generalizing here. It's <laughs> book said wrestler, they come up, they turn up, they put their boots on, they'll go through their match and then they'll have a match. It'll be goody versus buddy. Um, we, kind of want to do something different we want to do um, advertise promos get people's promos stories put more more work into that you know again i might be uh, going off on a rant and uh, maybe bring mm-hmm. it if, if you need us to no to, no to you go for it <laughs> you know wrestling to me it's it's a fight it is it's a fight it, you know you'll go down your local booze there and there'll be two 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 lads having a, a tear up and it's like mm-hmm. not too bothered about why the tear up of who's punching who's it but what's led them to that point and you know if i can kind of make sense of this it's that that part in avant-garde that we want to maximize it's what what's happened what's the altercation who you know who said what and what's what uh, you know the personalities of these people you know that the fight the, the wrestling match that's just a rubber stamp do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and yeah you know, if i can make my my, my next point because it's fresh in my mind it's you can mm-hmm. have athletic guy a versus athletic guy a or athletic guy or athletic woman a or you know if you want to do a females match or you know in the gender but um the again i'm speaking generally it's mm-hmm. i'm going to take this title off you i'm a better wrestler than you the last mm-hmm. time we faced i was a bit better than you now that's all right but what happens the next time when those two athletic people fight the next time? It's mm. we're running out of content here. So we're we're at avant garde. We're looking at uh, the personalities, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's a bit vulnerable. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to we're going to 
you know, have a goal is not have a goal is vulnerability, but we're going to expose his vulnerability. We're going to show his vulnerability. We're going to show that person's strength. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So instead of instead of like the athletic moves and the the fancy razzmatazz, if you want to call it, we want to concentrate on the stories and the happening of things. Yeah. Not yeah, I love, I love the fact that it's it's storytelling over the actual match. Do you know what I mean? Like the the match, yes, that is that is the the that's point B, but point A is the storytelling beforehand. I absolutely love that. It's like you're going back to the old school of way of doing it, but an indie setting. hundred percent. Like that's the thing. That's what makes you care. It's like if if you say to people just having a fight, you're not really going to be that bothered saying boys bring him. That's entertaining. But if you make that person care about the person who's like kind of you kind of gear them up. Like mm-hmm. I, I, t- I think one of the the there was a few matches on the night that stood out. But the the Josh uh, Josh's uh, one with uh, I can't remember the, the guy's name. It was was it JT or it was from, I can't remember the names now. But it was like a promo before where <laughs> he was like um, like the apprentice and they turned on him and it was kind of like saying oh. Uh, he's not good enough. He'll never be good enough. And it was like he was get the true underdog story, and you it, you bought in. And again, I'm not the most animated of people in public. I'll, I'll I'm normally this I sit there and just enjoy it. But me and Jake were just bad at laughing at each other because <laughs> we're, we're getting up and like cheering on and and like say, get actually getting involved. Um, but it was like that all the way through. There was different aspects and different storylines, so it wasn't just like the like oh pay the ticket see. This person thing, but one of the most fantastic matches I've ever seen. And and again, I'm not one one for gimmick matches as well. I, I normally like like a good storyline, say a good match. But that silence match with uh with wing wing commander Nash and, and punch <laughs> was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Period. And it was just basically two people doing wrestling moves to try and make each other talk. And it was oh. <laughs> yeah, like so, that. It's just, uh, just to like explain it to Sammy and some of the uh, the listeners. But yeah, mm-hmm. so like the the lose condition was if you like uttered a sound, you would lose, and that also like translated to the audience also needs to be quiet. And I'm telling you now, I if you'd told me that before, I would have been like, "There's no way you're going to keep a Newcastle wrestling crowd quiet just based on like <laughs> you know pure like in ring." charisma i guess but he he pulled it off and we were like sat there doing like silent claps <laughs> everybody oh, was so cool. everybody was invested and yeah but i agree on that um the joshua kodak match as well because i think like indie wrestling it's tough because you sometimes lose context if you're not like there every week which everybody can't be <clears throat> but um you lose the commentary like which is normally how you would like get the storylines across so i think like you guys you do have a bit of an uphill battle but like i think the focusing on the sort of cinematics is really helping that get across without having people just come out on the mic and literally say the thing um because sometimes like you lose a crowd like a you know a local crowd who doesn't isn't there like but if you can show them a quick like, here's everybody involved. Now they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. I think like that really that really worked for us being like first time mm-hmm. attendees. Oh. <laughs> and and me and Jake do actually have tickets for the next one as well, so we we, we have bought <laughs> into this as well. Um, but the one thing again, what surprised me because when I I think we were talking about before we came on live is we turned up at the pub in Newcastle, and as I said, I'm a Macam, and like turned up in like seeing it in Newcastle. 
and it doesn't look like look like much when you walk up to the pub. It looks like just a general Geordie boozer. And then you walk down the hall, and it's like going through the curtains, and they put like not to blow smoke up your ass, but the production values and the way you set everything up, you were transformed. It was like you were in it, like I say, a mini arena. So if you're doing like that type of production value in like an arena that like in that size, I am getting a little bit more excited. Like I say, if you do branch out or grow into like a bigger place or bigger arenas as well, like say, fingers crossed, touch wood that that it does lead because. It can be like say like a little bit more like like I can see where it's going if that makes sense. Well, I appreciate that. That was some kind words from from all of you there. Um, and and you're right. You know, as soon as you walk in there, you know it's. I like to think it's a it's a good it's a good space. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like you said that you've alluded to there. This is this is the early stages. You know, is it the finished product? Oh no no nowhere near. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, I'm cringing inside when you're saying, when you're giving compliments, because it can be better. I know it can be better, but mm-hmm. if this is the early stages and, and the fans are loving it, and that, that's great. But we keep going with it. We keep churning mm-hmm. out the content. We keep the production values are good, I believe. You know, if I can give myself and my team a pat on the back, my team mm-hmm. mostly. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we they can be better. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, it's, you know, we're, Yes, we're in. We're a wrestling product, and it's they're used to doing it their way. But it's like, look what, look what, look what we're doing. Just you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to be on board with it right away. But over time, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to change a culture, but, but we, we don't want to change a culture because there's so many good things that they do anyway. But mm-hmm. we want to maximize everything that we do here. You know, you, you know, use of the masters of, in that ring. You know, mm-hmm. you know, from bell to bell. You know, but if we can help you on the characters and the stories and the, and the storylines, and you want to work with us, then that's mm-hmm. what we want to invest in. You know, but, but it's interesting that you're saying that as well because I think that's the attitude to have to never be kind of happy about the city, never be stagnated, or never say mm-hmm. rest on your laurels. It's like we've done well, but what's next? What what's the next thing? And that's how good things always start, in my opinion, as well. It's similar how we work with the podcast. If you look back to episode one, we were oh, filmed. Look well, back at episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I say filmed. I, I, I forgot to press record, so we'd done a full episode, <laughs> and we didn't even record it, so we had to re-record it. But it was just shots, like just two videos stuck side by side, no production, no graphics, and I think we had the the like for a few first few episodes, we had the voiceover from. Uh, uh, was it Revenge of the Revenge Nerds? Of the the nerds. Guy, it's saying nerds, 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 nerds. 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 Uh, <laughs> but then it's it's like learning new things and saying what right. So and actually going out and doing your research as well, and like saying what are other people doing. I don't want to copy off them, but if they're doing something like one way, why are they doing it one way? And learning yeah. and adapting and stuff like that. And it's I think I feel quite fortunate as well to discover users at, at this stage. Because, again, I know, like, say, it could be just, like, say, with you being on here, I, I would say this, like, to your face as well. I feel like we're being a fan from ground ground on, and I'm, I'm interested to see, watch it where it goes, and see where it goes. Um, I know there's other, like, say, northeast independent ones as well. I, I think, like, in the group, we've had loads of people posting about wrestling schools starting up everywhere and everywhere. Now. <laughs> I think it, it, there's a lot of people, like, say, going and... And wrestling, I think, is one of those things that does get looked down upon by general public or general entertainment as a whole. But it shouldn't be because 
sportsman-wise and story-wise, it can be as entertaining as any anyone's like shows that they will kind of love. And athletic-wise, it's more athletic than most sports that you'll watch, like say, on a, every Saturday. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And um, you know, I, I respect every man and woman, and you know, um, race, gender who, who laces up them them boots. You know, it, it takes a lot of dedication and passion. And to just to get in there, you know, and it's a lot of trauma on the body, but and dare I say the mind as well, you know, kind of because it can be different on the mind as well for, for different reasons. Um, but again, I, I likened it to movies, you know. Um, I think the best the best actor in the world, um, you know, De Niro or anybody anybody like that, and you put them in a and not a very good story and not a good movie. I don't care how good of an actor you are if the story isn't good. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to watch it. You know, yeah. or, you get um, the Irishman. Stephen Seagal movies because all it seemed to be was he's showing off his martial arts. There was no actual real story to it, you know. And it's mm. you can appreciate the fight scenes and the the special effects and stuff like that. But give give me a story. Give me give me yeah. emotion. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, and one of my influences, you know, is just meeting new people. You know, we're all we're all mm. different. You know, I love just talk. It sounds a bit weird. I love just talking to strangers, you mm-hmm. know, because they can, they can give you something. Oh, I love, you know, when 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 the polar opposites of personalities meet, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, let, let's put the stereotype on. So you've got a super geek versus mm-hmm. a, a, a buff looking guy, you know what I mean? You yeah. put them in a room. How, how do they, what's the body language? Are they looking at each other? How they communicate? Are they aware? Is he aware that he's a geek? Is he aware that he's pop you know popular you know mm-hmm. it's it's how these people communicate you know so you can you can get like different influences from from movies and you know wrestling mm-hmm. products and magazines and you know other nerdy stuff or but just human human interaction i find fascinating you know no definitely and i think that's one thing i'm learning since doing nerdy up north because i did when i first started up the project i did put everyone in the one bracket and said i'm going to treat everyone the same if anyone acts up or things it's going to be like there's going to be the same type of reaction, but you can't do that like because there's always reasons for it. And and the more you talk to me and communicate, you can find out more. And it's you find different people's interests. That's why I, I know I always joke because people say I'm not nerdy. Everyone's nerdy about something. You can be nerdy about food, sports, uh, literally anything you're passionate about. That's you just being nerdy about that subject. And mm-hmm. when people grasp the concept, they kind of get on board more and, and kind of in, enjoy it more. But I'm interested, as you said, with your influences. So I know when we went online, you said you've been interested in wrestling since the very early age. So what was your early influences when it comes to like wrestling? Yeah, so um, late 80s. Um, yes. I'm not giving my age away. And you're not guessing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 90s fan. And, you know, so me as a four-year-old sitting in front of the telly when my brother's, you know, knocking the front room down saying, Lee, there's these huge men fighting. I'm <laughs> all on board, and you know, I, I saw a tape and out stepped from the curtain. It was Hulk Hogan, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about you know talking about it, you know. But the influence he had, mm-hmm. you know, and you can call it corny nowadays or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if he, you know, they didn't he, he captured he captured you know a generation, you know, and he, he, mm-hmm. he still does, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, the vitamins and all of that, you know, but he was a large, he was, <laughs> yeah. a large, he was a larger than life character. And, you know, you know, mm. fast forward to, you know, the era of, you know, the Attitude Era, um, mm. Hulk, um, sorry, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Mm. You know, there's no, there's no, um, how do I say it, you know, The Rock is on top of the entertainment business, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, that's not by coincidence. It's because he's the best entertainer in the world. And we saw that as wrestling fans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, um, alluded to before, but it's, it's, you know, or, or yourself there. Um, how do you pronounce your name? Perhaps it's Sammy. Sam, yeah. just Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's three letters, love. <laughs> and you introduced yourself as Sam and I'm looking at Sammy. I'm going, oh, this oh, is Oh, she gets called all, di- all names okay. under the sun. Didn't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said she looked nice today, so she's she's buzzing, so I didn't leave her a lot. <laughs> I was going to call her Mrs. Bryce there because I couldn't see. It's my eye. I wouldn't have been offended by that either. <laughs> well, yeah, it's about, you know, it's about the characters. And, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, it's, but, uh, I'm, I'm off track now, but... <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry. It happens all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to ask, like, how did you get your start in, like, pro wrestling? Like, when did that come about? Um, it's always something I wanted to do, you know. I, you know, through school, I do the. It's not nerdy, is it, to practice wrestling moves? It's quite think, cool. Isn't it? I think we all did that. I, did, I, did I, I got knocked out with a tombstone uh, once. So that I woke up ten, fifteen minutes later afterwards. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> I was incredibly naive and was just, you know. I was a skinny teenager and I was like, you know, I just fling us everywhere. I'm fine. It's okay. So I was the one who got the majority of the moves done too. Um, but yeah, no, it's not. We all did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I remember sitting in front of her, um, a careers advisor and she said, what do you want to do? And I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do, do I see it? Do I do it? Go on then. I'll see it. I went, yeah, I want to be a wrestler. She went, I think she just went, what? And I went, oh, to excuse the pun. And I went, I want to be a wrestler. And I think she gives a pamphlet for, you know, the military or something. Or, or oh, join wow. <laughs> something like that, you know. And it's, um, you know, there isn't a, 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 there isn't a huge success story where I can go, I told you so, Mrs. Phillips, that I'm a... <laughs> I think that I've, I've just followed what I wanted to follow, you know. And mm. um, success, you can label that in any way. But it's it's given me some great moments and great times and stuff like that. And that means more to me. Mm-hmm. than anything then you know your, your nine to five where i'm sick of my life yes I've, I've got one of them as well but it's you know mm-hmm. you can be out on the streets you know what i mean you can be mm-hmm. you know you've got to be appreciative of what you've gotten the experiences mm-hmm. that i've had with wrestling and stuff like that i'm very appreciative no like, definitely did I, you I, have, always sorry uh, sorry i was just gonna say like was there like an available like wrestling school for you at the time like or did you kind of get took in by somebody i'm just sort of curious how it worked sort of from the time you came up there wasn't you know like i think there was i mean i could i could be in, i could be insulting so many purist you know diehard british <laughs> wrestling fans here um i look i looked online when the internet first you know started and it was it was in it was in portsmouth i think it was called fwa academy i could be wrong you know mm-hmm. but it was way down it was way down south for me as a 14 15 year old kid, I couldn't drive or anything like that, didn't mm-hmm. have a job. I was thinking, how can I get there, you know? And then a few years went by and stuff like that. Then the, um, even more years went by. And it was my, um, it was probably my 20s where 
I sourced out the school in Newcastle, you know, um, mm-hmm. under the church of, of Rampage Brown and Screwface. Um, you know, and I don't, you know, to mm-hmm. certainly, I don't need to give a background on them, but um, I couldn't wish for a better education. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to think that I was uh, bred in the right, the right way, you know, with the right discipline and stuff like that, you know. But if I can put my own slant on this, I kind of already had that because I thought, you know, wrestling needs to be where you've got to show respect and you've got to turn up on time. You've got to go to every training session. Your, your ears are open, your mouth shut and you learn. You're, you're a sponge in there, you know. And, um, yeah, it was a fantastic time just to step through those ropes for the first time. You know, it was kind of like you step through the, the, the ropes for the first time and it was like a, a force field just coming around you. You feel felt mm-hmm. protected, but at the same time, you know, excited, you know, it was, it was fantastic. No, it's like living that lifelong fantasy of, or not fantasy, sorry, like, like dream to basically what you wanted to do. And like that goal, I know like, I, like it's one of the things I wanted to be a wrestler as a kid, but <laughs> As you said, I, I didn't have the fortitude or probably just the intelligence to to go and like look it out type thing. It was more just like we used to, um, <laughs> I'd say probably the most dangerous thing we've ever did. Like me with us living in Raya, uh, these be um, like hay bales and stuff. So we used to try and push the hay bales together and have a royal rumble with uh, the like all the village kids. So <laughs> it was always the last part of the time. So we've got all the kids and stuff throwing each other off these hay bales like. Don't know how we didn't end up killing each other or end up with like serious oh, injuries, gosh. but it was it was literally the best things I've ever done. But um, as you as you said, like I'm like I'm forty, so like when I was about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and stuff, there was no things in the northeast where you could actually go and locate. And, and to be honest, I'm only five nine, so uh, and I didn't have um, like say the aerial ability of like the the, the high flyers <laughs> and stuff to to be able to do that. So I think me and, I think me and Paul would have had to be uh, like deathmatch wrestlers. <laughs> that's, oh, that's all yeah. we could have achieved. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like because with you being like say doing your own thing, so I take it's a, like a lot different running avant garde than working for other like companies or like say doing things their way and as such what's the biggest difference that you've noticed from other than being in control slightly um Mm -hmm. like that aspect of it Uh, um i'm not sure how to answer this question but um in terms of of running it i absolutely hate it (laughs) Um, (laughs) i am very much with you there (laughs) the business side oh you know, and this sounds strange because I'm speaking to you and I, I, I love talk. you know, it's been nice. It sounds as though I'm cl- closing, eh? but it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really a people person, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I am. You know, I just kid myself because it sounds cool to say that you're not a people person, but I just don't like to be bombarded. You know, probably the best way to say it is I can't multitask. So if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm concentrating on the videotography and being head of creative and stuff like that, I want mm-hmm. somebody in a specialised field that can deal with the lighting and the, the business side and the social media side. And we, we've got that now, you know, um, mm-hmm. and shout out to Steve and Josh and the team and all the mm-hmm. team there. Um, they do such a good um, mm-hmm. job behind the scenes and stuff like that. And, um, you know, you, you were talking about the early stage of Nerdy Up North and stuff like that, you know, it's every show going into it. I was saying to, to Josh, bless him, I was going, let's just burn it to the ground. I said, this ain't <laughs> worth it. I said, we'll burn it to the ground. It's we've had our, do you know what I mean? But it's yeah. 
But it's their support and they've rallied behind them. You know, I've had to big them up and stuff like that. And we were mm. never going to burn it to the ground. It was just a nice, uh, just a, a little joke we had between mm. ourselves. But it's, you know, let's let's go through the hard grind. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And um, if we succeed, whatever that means, wherever that will be, it's brilliant. We've succeeded. But if we feel okay, we've had a we've had a stab at it. And um, again, mm. I'm going I'm going off them. Um, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but um, to answer your, to your original questions, it was just, um, yeah, the the difference. It's you know, um, it, it's good in a sense where where we've got where we can be more creative now, and mm-hmm. you're not just zoned in and just putting your boots on and you're on against a, a good guy or a buddy. Do you know what I mean? And you come up with different moves. Again, I'm speaking generally. Of course, you've been yeah. in different in different stories. Do you know what I mean? But it's been very limited. You know, so it's yeah. No, it's interesting you say that, and as well, with you being like the one in charge and stuff, like like steering the ship, it must be difficult dealing with like a lot of egos as well, because in a like that type of environment where it is very ego driven and big personalities are involved, that must be difficult, like to to handle at times. Or have you found everyone just being like seeing, seeing the big picture and going for it? Well, like I said, but, but you know, we. we before we went on, you know, we, we I've touched on before. We we've, we've got a family ethos there, mm. you know, and you know, you talk about different egos. Let's mention one ego. That's Nathan Black. You know, he's the the, the Oscar worthy trophy winner. You know, and yes. him as an individual, he's exactly who he is. Wow. Ego driven about himself. You know, you mm. tell him to stick to the narrative, and he just goes off script. You know, but mm. um, however, I see all that. I can see all them negatives, and as mm-hmm. soon as his music hits. Mm-hmm. All of that goes out the window because mm-hmm. he's the most charismatic guy probably on the scene at the moment, mm-hmm. and I'd rather have that, mm-hmm. and I can kind of deal with with the, with the other side. Do you know what I mean? So he's the trophy, he's the trophy bearer, should I say? And um, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna be some force to stop. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like him, dislike him. He's a bit of a. Mo- I wouldn't say he's marmite. You, you do absolutely hate him. You know. <laughs> That was my first time of experience with Nathan, and I was loving it. Like I, was I have to admit, yeah. <laughs> like as soon as he came out, you, you, like see, so he had the greasers look, and you thought, oh, <laughs> you, you, like it was very honky tonk man vibes. I'd come in from him. I probably get haters for saying that. Um, <laughs> I mean, all we could say was look at the size of him. <laughs> <laughs> and like say, after all this time, we've only seen one show, and now we know we, his catchphrase has stuck with us forever as well. That that's I'll never forget that. <laughs> what is it? Jake just said it. Just look at the size of me. Oh. <laughs> it's catchy. I thought you were actually like saying, "Look at the size of him." We <laughs> did. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> he told us. To. That's, that's... <laughs> but no, um... he's got he's got me saying it as well around the house. You know, <laughs> and I, I, that's it. I've, I've remembered my point before. I, I got dis- distracted by um, Sam's name there. <laughs> it's it's it is its moments. It's. Hulk Hogan, Sam and Andre the Giant. It's mm-hmm. you know, Jake the Snake, Robert's getting his snake out, and he's biting, biting Randy Matchman, Man Savage on the arm. It's <gasps> Hulk Hogan, it's The Rock face off. <laughs> you know, you remember them moments, and mm-hmm. you know to get it back to the to this point, it's it's Nathan Black shouting, "Look at the <laughs> goddamn size of me!" You know, and it's <laughs> you know the, the the match itself. That's a rubber stamp, but you you'll go home. And you'll remember Nathan Black for how much you hate him. You'll remember 
the 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 silent the uh, violence and silence match. You, you will remember the, the the vulnerability and the the Josh Kodak story, you know, and how you know you would take him as a character, and you know I'm going to go off one one if you don't mind. Is Josh is a character he's very vulnerable, you know. He goes to wrestling training, and he's very introverted. He will home and he lock himself in his bedroom, you know. But at his at his core. I believe, I believe he's a good, he's a good man that just wants to follow his dream, like like everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. has he been vilified by the wrestling community? Community, you know, you have your own say that. Dare mm-hmm. I say, has he been bullied? Mm-hmm. You know, you have your own your own thoughts on that. But um, there's a there's a beauty in that where Josh is he troubled and and things like that. But at his core, he just wants to be a professional wrestler. You know, you've mm-hmm. said. You know, you had aspirations, but you, you know, you put the stops on that, you know. And, and Josh mm. bless him, he wants he wants to be a wrestler. You know what I mean? Mm. So, regardless of his personality or what you think of him, you know, I'll I'll root for that. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll get his match with with Howard, and hopefully, um, HD Drake should I say, and ho- hopefully he'll um he'll fulfill his dream. Yeah, we need that. We need that boy to have a win. (laughs) Can I I just say, I was so excited when you said the um, Jake the Snake match with Macho Man because that's like one of my first like core memories of wrestling. um, Because I watch, I grew up with it with my granddad with all the British wrestling, and then when he got Sky in, he got we started watching what he would call the shiny bright one because it was really dull the English one. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was one of my favorite events i sat and watched it with him um and watching and jake the snake is like one of my favorite wrestlers um and just watching him do that on television i was like holy shit like this is this is this is the this is the real deal right now Mm -hmm. he has a snake on that man's arm (laughs) (laughs) from that that (laughs) instant i have been hooked like i can't say that i'm into it at the minute it's just that's just not my wrestling but Ever since that moment there, that's when I was like, "Oh, this is it! I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in this now. Strap myself in. I'm in this ride." Yeah, Sam, and, and you know, um, you know, kind of. I won't, I won't want to pigeonhole us, but you know, it, this is to the lost wrestling fans. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's sad that you don't watch wrestling now, and it's, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with myself. Is have I stopped watching wrestling because I've just got older? And I've got more responsibility in my life, or do I just look at it and go, "This is not for me"? But you know, you, you mentioned at the at the very start of the podcast, it's has wrestling in the last probably in the last couple of months just got really really good. You know, I I, I look at the uh, Roman Reigns storyline and, mm. and the bloodline there. Mm. I haven't sat down and watched it, but I watch mm. clips and I'll go, "Wow, that's." That's that's magnificent. You know, the wrestling fan base have kind of actually forgot that they hated Roman Reigns for not mm-hmm. being for not being, you know, maybe they've been pushed in in the wrong positions or or mm-hmm. or, or, or what? you throw a type thing that that was probably the the big issue. Because I think that's where wrestling fans kind of because we're not not saying that we were stupid before, but we're a lot smarter now. So it's kind of like we don't like being told who to cheer for, if yeah. that makes sense. Massively, for a lot of people and. I think with Roman, his biggest issue was, but as soon as the Shield formed, they went, "This is going to be the guy that's going to that WWE was going to put the hat on and say this is going to be the new John Cena, the new Rock." And and we didn't. I think as a fan, you didn't really see that because, like yeah. in in with the Shield, you had the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins who were the more interesting, charismatic people, and yeah. you were like, "No, these are the people we want." And well, like, then it was. Also- 
it, it was like they were stronger together though weren't they almost yeah. like um and the thing about him being new john cena like john cena was still around so it was a bit like no yeah. it's a, you, he's got absolutely no charisma about him or he had no charisma yeah, about he's worked him hard. he I watched a I watched a clip um of the last event that they did when he went apeshit on Sami Zayn and I was like, Jesus Christ, that is not the Roman Reigns that I remember, <laughs> who honestly sounded like a brick could do a better job of talking in the ring than him. And that is sorry. No, it's interesting that what what Paul was saying about the um about how like fans don't like to be told what to do in in a certain sense but like at, at the same time like a lot of fans who are like who are just in it you know like no they're not coming in with preconceptions or like you mm. know I'm going to hit this they're just kind of there to be entertained like we almost do want to be told what to do like we're waiting for the wrestlers to kind of like to like hook us in so it's like it it must be like a really hard balance to get right to feel like you're not sort of forcing anything, but you're like you're giving everyone the room to like mm. to like draw people in themselves. Like it's definitely like a, a massive art form. Like I can't imagine Lee that it's like that it's ever easy to make those decisions. Like like what are we doing for this match? Like is the crowd gonna like respond? Type of thing. Like it's it's got to be like a tough thing to to try and like balance <laughs> i think a lot of that would be on the responsibility of the wrestlers because you like you can as you said put them in the match and say tell the story but then you've got to like say pull the pull the match in and that's where the art form is for me when they're in the ring it's like reading the crowd changing things on the fly making and as you said it doesn't have to be the most athletic or like innovative move set it it just have to tell us tell that story and mm. if you tell the story not just outside the ring but in the ring as well um i think lee hit one of the biggest ones that we've had in the last well in forever when we had that moment with the rock and hulk hogan standing there in the ring mm. and for you forget people forgetting like what happens in the match but for 10 minutes they just stood there looking at each other and looking at the crowd as the crowd kept on changing like the chance that Again, I see I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because yeah. uh, these were the two biggest icons, arguably, if you take Stone Cold out of the thing that wrestling's ever had. And that, like I said, that's better than any movie. That's better than any song, in my yeah. opinion, because that memory will always live yeah. with me for the rest of my life. Some of them moments you can't you you can't replicate, and you can't get that feeling like that. Your feelings will change differently, like the. Night I stayed up to watch the night I stayed up to watch Backlash in two thousand and two thousand actually I think it was two thousand and it was Triple H versus The Rock and it was like Stone Cold was I've probably told the story a million times but um Stone Cold was the referee and he wasn't there and then he came at the end and <laughs> Vince McMahon was just out there just chucking chairs and getting um Jerry Briscoe and oh, the other guy, I can't remember his name, to come down and be the refs. And then all of a sudden, Earl Hefner comes down with Linda. Oh, it was such an absolute amazing night. <laughs> I have never, four o'clock in the morning, screaming my head off when The Rock finally pinned him after Stone Cold came down. I will never be able to feel that moment <laughs> again. It's never been replicated and I've never gotten anything like that out of a film, out of a song. It was just, it was magical. 
Let's see, poor Anne, too, when you, when you got married, but poor lad. <laughs> you did end up in hospital like a day later, so. <laughs> and, you, you know, you, you think about even the far-fetched moments. I mean, I was thinking about even before I came on this podcast about, you know, can you remember when the Undertaker was in a casket match with Yoko Ozuna? Yeah. <laughs> I shit myself during this match. <laughs> I was that scared. Well, this this might be a better story than what I'm telling <laughs> you. know, all the roster come down, they put the Undertaker in a cast. Sorry if I'm spoiling spoilers there if you want to watch it. <laughs> if I haven't watched it by now, it's, it's, it's out there. They're a problem. <laughs> you, you know, you put him in a casket, you know, and they're on the on the on the big screen, the Titan Tron. There he is, is it you know, going to heaven, you know, or resurrecting or whatever you want to say. <laughs> you know, we we know that that that's you know do we say balmy or a bit far-fetched but it, it i didn't doesn't... i believed it i was i was in for it i thought you'd went to heaven i was crying like say i was undertaken <laughs> oh. yeah <laughs> like they've killed a man on live television what's going on <laughs> but we've got so much um you know connection you know connection should i say feeling towards these characters you know that when these moments do happen it's like also, is, is that it then? Is the Undertaker not coming back? Or is this, that, the other? And then, the, mm-hmm. you know, you go through that whole period where he's off screen to when he does come back, you know, and it's like, oh, great, me, me, me best wrestlers, my favourite wrestler's back, you know, and he's got a new look and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's all about the, the, the building of them characters, do you know what I mean? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I go back to the to the, to the saying um, by famous slogan by many um, filmmakers and um, storytellers, it's, Show don't tell, you know, you can go, the undertaking can be on, on screen and go, I am the dead man, I kill people, I put people in caskets, and but you leave nothing to the imagination. But mm. I'll tell you the promo that really got it for me was when he was building the casket for Yoko Zuna, and it was in a warehouse, and all you saw was the back of the undertaker with the, with the, was it, what, I don't know the technical terms for these tools, I'm not very DIY. <laughs> <laughs> Like a shaver, like a. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, oh, yes. like, yeah. Live. <laughs> a live that cuts wood, and mm-hmm. all you heard was the noise hitting the wood, mm-hmm. and that that was that was basically the whole promo, mm-hmm. and that said to me, he's building your Kozuna's casket. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, your Kozuna's going to go in that casket, and he's the dead man, and mm-hmm. certainly, and I think that's a better way of doing it visually than saying. Mm-hmm. I am the dead man. I'm going to put him in the casket because I'm the yeah. best and stuff like that. It's what fits his character, what mm-hmm. the dude's thoughts of what he would say and what he doesn't say. And with the Undertaker mm-hmm. in that era, he didn't say a much. So no. it's all about the visualization. Yeah. I totally. And I think, totally oh, yeah, and I, no, and, and I think Sam alluded to, like, when she mentioned her favorite wrestler, like Jake Snake Roberts. That's exactly what I was in, just about to say. <laughs> was the master of the promo as well. Because oh. whenever he said he was going to do something, you actually believed he was going to do something. And I think you... that that was like the art form that a lot of people kind of miss out on. Because they said, everyone's now saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna beat this guy. I'm going to win this title. Jake never used to say that. He was just going, I'm going to meet you in the ring. It's going to be me and you. And then I'm going to deliver the DDT. And that's going to be it. And he's sitting away in your eyes. It was terrifying. <laughs> He, the psycho, the psychology with that man was absolutely unreal. What he could do, like even now, like just listening to him do interviews now, and you sit there just going, like move, seeing yourself moving closer and closer to the screen, just to like because you are totally taken in by this man. He is absolutely phenomenal. I just love him so much. I really do. <laughs> but yeah, like um, he, 
like he also had like a great command of like the audience when he was in the mm, ring just based massive. on like body movements mm-hmm. like i don't know what it it's what it's one of those like uh like unquantifiable like things where you just you don't know why i guess like x factor you could call it that kind of thing <laughs> where you're like he wasn't the best in shape wrestler either. Let's be fair. Like he no, really but like wasn't. he wasn't one of the big guys. <laughs> the vibe, like the the vibe, as Paul was saying, was legit. Like like you, if he was saying he was gonna like make Ted DiBiase like wallow in the the muck of avarice, you were like, <laughs> yes, I believe you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be Ted right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Ted! <laughs> you know what? It was his tone of voice as well. You, you know. Mm. Rob touched on it there. It was he wasn't the he wasn't the biggest, and I think, well, especially I'm speaking for myself. You know, you, you only you only appreciate probably that guy's work later on after he's retired. Mm. You know, mm. you go, oh wow, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I was mesmerized by Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. But it's actually when these when when these guys' careers are over, like the Jake Roberts and you know Brian Pillman and stuff like that, like that, that you look at them and go, wow, that they were. Yeah, a different breed, you know. They mm-hmm. were probably one of a kind. Then, you know, where it's, I think, I think only they could could have could have done that, you know. So, it was, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jake Roberts. I yeah, definitely. That. I think that was that's something that I've that I get now as I am older. I do appreciate. Like, I was never a big Eddie Guerrero fan, and it was incredibly sad when he passed away. And I was I sat and watched that Raw what, the night they announced mm. it, and I was just in tears. Um, I don't like seeing men cry. And watching all these these huge men just in tail oh, was heartbreaking, but now na- and but now like as in me now, I absolutely adore that man and what he did and that stage presence he had. That's just that's complete and utter magic. What he could do when a mm-hmm. camera was put in front of him, regardless like, if it was wrestling, acting, yeah. or anything like that, he was just magic. Yeah, I don't know if it was just be- like I I had a similar sort of vibe on him when I was a kid, but. I don't know if it was just because he was like mostly bad in the storylines. Mm. So like I was supposed to hate him at times <laughs> um, and I, I, I'd missed like the WCW years and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Eddie asshole was like, you know, he's, he's cheating. He's, he's doing the wrong. Like, <laughs> he's, he's lying. He's stealing. He's, he's being mean to China. Like what's going on? <laughs> oh God, that broke my heart. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. So, but like, that's, he was so, he was so good and believable yeah. that yeah. even him as a bad guy, he was putting his a hundred percent into it. Like whether or not, you know, he wanted to or not, but. I believed it. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I think when we done our top five here of wrestlers, he was in one of my, I was in my top five, I believe. Mm. Uh, just because I like I appreciated him so much when he was there and when he was gone, I appreciated him more. But it just stands instead of how much of an impact he had that mm. his gimmicks now are still being played. Like Dominic yeah. Dominic uh, Mysterio, like I'm uh, like and Maria Ripley, like uh, I'm your papi, I'm your mommy and stuff like that, still playing on uh like riffs of uh, Eddie Guerrero and like said the I, I know the same talks that um Vicky Guerrero's contract with AEW is coming to an end. So she's meant to be coming to WWE oh, to help back. To help clear that uh storyline. Uh, she was phenomenal her. Again, another person I never appreciated until she was gone. The the what she brought to the ring was just spectacular. I loved it. <laughs> I think that is like a lost art form for a now for a lot of like the wrestling is the, yeah. the is the manager, the manager aspect oh. was such a huge thing back in the day. I know 
some elements where it's like um like head of factions or and stuff like that. But the manager, like the mouthpiece or to get someone over, like I, I do blame Paul Heyman for being too good at the at the role that he's yeah. kind of killed it for everyone else type <laughs> thing. That's what I when I didn't like as a as a child and as a girl watching wrestling with all my like my my cousins were boys. I was the only girl for a really long time. Um and then Miss Elizabeth comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have a place here. That's all right. <laughs> I'm you good. have to marry Macho Man. That's <laughs> all right with that. <laughs> um, but then but it, when it moved from Miss Elizabeth then to Sherry, mm-hmm. um, Sensational Sherry, I, mm. was, oh, I was infatuated with that woman. She was batshit crazy in the best possible way. And I just loved her. But she... She was she was a manager, but she also kind of she wasn't scared to get amongst it, mm-hmm. and that's what I really loved. If I had to go and say like all these women who who I've had conversations with before, and like oh, who was your first female like influence, and like oh, Princess Leia and such like that, I'm like no, it was Sherry, it was <laughs> Sherry Martel because that woman is just phenomenal. But it's interesting as well. Like I know, as you said with promos and stuff, what would you say is your most memorable promo that you can remember, Lee? And I'm probably throwing you under the bus a little bit here, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it, it it is all the visualized. I mentioned the Undertaker one there, or mm-hmm. you know, there was many, you know, like segments with like like Jade Snake Roberts and, and you know, and like Piper's Pit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of promos, you know, I, I keep on going about show don't tell. Cactus Jack, yes, he was just looking in ECW when he was looking in front of the lens. He kind of described a story. He didn't mm-hmm. say, "I'm a hardcore guy. I'm going to do this." He, you know, he, he developed a story. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the the King Dewey stuff and stuff like that from ECW. It was it was it was magical just seeing a guy like that go to work. But for me, it it, it is at all about the. It is about the visualization, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, even like just pro- promo hype videos. You know, you you go back to that one with the, the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, the two biggest stars meeting at WrestleMania. You know, with the mm-hmm. with the theme mm-hmm. music from uh, Fred Fred Durst and stuff like that. You know, no, it, I'm getting chills <laughs> thinking about it. It's nostalgia, isn't it? And it's yeah. yeah. Also, like I think in that in that specific instance, like Rock versus Austin at uh, WrestleMania 17. Um, they they actually I think like the Doug really deepened Austin's character. Like the rock kinda got a bit like short shift because he was just like coming in as the champion really. But like the kind of exposed the side of Austin that you wouldn't normally see in like in sort of your classic like action hero story, where it was like he was going into like interviews and like sitting across from the rock being like like I need this rock. Like you don't understand. Like I need this title type of thing. Like it was the only thing. It like, and that was like a weird vulnerability for like this man who'd just been like tearing ass, like driving like trucks around the, the arena like up, a few months before. <laughs> like when I think when you can get that deep and like wrestling is like a collaborative sort of story form. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you, if the crowd's not there, like with you, like the story almost like isn't happening. Cause they'll just ignore it and like yeah. go back to like, you know what they do like, but yeah, like I think that's probably why we get to feel a bit more strong. Cause it's like live in front of people. You, you kind of like you're, you're part of it. You kind of invested in a, a way that doesn't happen with like movies all the time. That, oh, definitely. That's, that's, um, 
that storyline with Austin and The Rock was not my favourite. I hmm. think my favourite was the Intercontinental Championship, you know, when the belt actually mattered. Um, and people actually did want it. I think it was in that, and Austin, was it The Rock threw it over a bridge? Yes, when he said, yeah. he, if, if you want a rock, you can go and get it. Uh, it was, was just it, as was the it rock. Austin or, yeah, it was it Austin was the... threw it over the bridge. I heard yeah. that was some good telly. <laughs> yeah, because it was when the rock was just starting to like come out from behind the nation of domination and started like uh, yeah. becoming a bit bigger. But mine is a little bit older than that. It's, he said, like Lee said, it, it's a visual aspect that always did stick with us. And it is, it is a bit hokey, but it blew me the way at the time was the Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior. Uh, segment when they were face to face and Ultimate Warrior was going on about all the warriors behind them giving them the power to come and destroy Papa Shango's voodoo and like <laughs> not very PC now but Papa Shango starts shaking his bag of skulls and the black goo start coming down from the Ultimate Warrior's oh. head and I'd never experienced stuff. I was sitting on the telly going, "What the fuck? <laughs> what, what, why is this happening?" Like totally <laughs> believing that Papa Shango had put this voodoo curse on the Ultimate Warrior. And I know, like, say, what happened with the warrior wasn't, like, say, the best of things afterwards. But that will always stand, like, in, like I think it was on, not even like a Raw or SmackDown. It was on Saturday Night Main Event. Um, oh God, so it wasn't even like a proper like. Oh, this was before Raw and SmackDown were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was Saturday Night Main Event. It was like they were putting over like. Um, I think there were like one of the big events was Papa Shango versus uh, the Warrior, which was probably a two minute squash match, which all the Warrior matches was except from against Hulk Hogan. But just that promo and just seeing like the Warrior freak out because this black goo and like me not even knowing where this fucking black goo would come from, this totally had me in bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy, I, that. I remember that as well. Now I was thinking, you know. I think he went to the de- the deck, um, the Ultimate Warrior again. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm saying this, you know what I mean? Because I'm I've got street cred and I'm a I look a certain way. But it, it was a bit fear as in oh, this Papa Shango guy who does all the curses can can come out and you know the only the, uh, the Ultimate Warrior is quite vulnerable here and stuff like that. So it was it for the first time the Ultimate Warrior was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you never you never saw that. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. subsequent to that, they had the match and it. Uh, Apparently, according to the to, to the writers and stuff like that, it wasn't a good match. But I don't think it needed to be. I, no. I, don't, I don't think it needed to be. I've not, I've, I don't. I would have to go back and watch the match. But it, you know, <laughs> the build up in that, it, it kind of didn't matter because you know, mm-hmm. for the first time, the Ultimate Warrior was vulnerable. He was just an uh, an indestructible force. And mm-hmm. you know, here's this guy that's doing this voodoo on him. Again, it sounds a bit far-fetched, but not when you're a six, seven. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do believe that sort of stuff, you know? No, definitely. Oh, like, I, I was completely invested in that. I think the computer game came out afterwards, um, like for the Mega Drive, where I think it was the Royal Rumble, where you could actually play as Papa Shango and the Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that. So I was constantly, because uh, I think Papa Shango's finisher move at the time was a shoulder breaker. So I was constantly giving the old warrior shoulder breakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. Um, but no, uh, like I say, when it comes to storylines, I know, like I say, with being such a, a key part as well in, like I say, what you guys do, we've had some brilliant ones when it comes to wrestling. Um, we've had some not so great ones. I know recently uh, the Sami Zayn and the, the Bloodline has just taken the wrestling world by, like, by storm, even if you're like a, a fair weather or a, like a forgotten wrestling fan, 
it's bringing people back into it just because of how emotive and amazing like um I like still still piss myself laughing at Sammy's getting everyone laughing on camera saying uh, it wasn't feeling oozy today was just absolutely one of the most breathtaking <laughs> things. But that all started, I think, because Sammy uh, came on and started telling Brock Lesnar what a vegan was and trying to get Brock Lesnar to be a vegan live on thing. And that was kind of like Sammy's upward trajectory, I think, since then. But it's amazing when you see a good storytelling done well. And I think with wrestling, especially in WWE now, because for a long time I'd fallen off, I would read about wrestling rather than watching it. I would find reading about it more entertaining which yeah. is a strange thing to say, but um, they're going more long-term storylines now. And that's yeah. to me, is when I can get invested rather than, oh, this person's wrestling, this ma- this person again. We're getting them storylines. And like we mm. used to get back in the day. But is there any big storylines that you can remember that like stand out to you? Um, like say, um, in, your, in, in your memory there, I can't be word out there, sorry. <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned it before. It was Stone Cold and um, The Rock. Had, they hadn't had a big high profile match, you know what I mean? And the, mm-hmm. you knew that them two were the biggest stars. And it was it was a you know that WrestleMania moment. It was you know a match. A match itself was it was fantastic, you know. But you had all the hype and stuff like that, the back and forth, you know. And so yeah, that that's probably the, the match that stands out. And then you had you know going back there, you had like Hulk Hogan versus. The Ultimate Warrior in the similar sort of sense, mm. these are the two big stars, who's going to win? And it can be as simple as that, you know. And, mm. But, you know, maybe to go off subject slightly, but it's kind it's kind of what I'm in reference. And is, there was a big fight on it at the weekend. It was Luke, It was Jake Paul mm. versus Tommy yeah. Fury. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a, a boxing fan by any means. I'll watch when the big fights are happening. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they the best boxers in the world? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. But the, the the two big entertainers, especially Jake Paul, you know, mm-hmm. and so I, I I watched that, you know what I mean? And, it, and this is what I mean. It, that was a two-year build, you know, mm-hmm. of yeah. Jake Paul saying personal stuff and Tommy fighting back and then J- J- John Fury's getting involved, Tyson Fury's getting involved. There's, you know, different different videos getting uploaded. But, but to me, that is pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Pro wrestling and... Um, you, you you know um you've got you've got wrestling people that want to be cool and want to be fighters and MMA people but then if there's no story then you've got you know you've got Jake Paul and Tommy Fury that want to do kind of do what we do you know mm-hmm. what I mean so it, it, it's that business savvy type type thing where Jake Jake Paul's um made it made a name for himself by not really being the best boxer in the world mm-hmm. he's got people tuned in because of the because of the build, because of the story, because of his character. I love the the problem child character. I don't know whether, whether he's like that in, in person, but he, he he has made it a statement. You've got Logan Paul in WWE now, you know, and it 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 is. It's it's you know the, these. You don't have to be the the greatest wrestler in the world. Yes, mm-hmm. you've got to perform and stuff like that. You've got to you've got to know what you're doing safely, and you, you know you've got to entertain them on that that front. But um, you know, it proves you don't you don't have to be the you you, you don't have to be a Bret Hart. You don't have to be a, a Mister Perfect. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, you you've got a good story behind you, and if you can perform that on the promos and in the ring, then that's going to be more beneficial to you. Yeah. No, it's interesting as well that you're saying that about the the boxing because, as you, as I said earlier, 
it, like pro wrestling is kind of like the, the the black sheep of the entertainment uh, like world for a long things. It's been looked looked at looked at wrongly, but the same type of thing. Pro sport, like other pro sports, like UFC, uh, boxing, um, like other type of combat sports, have kind of like been taking a look at wrestling and trying to take aspects from it. If you look mm. at like the big names in the UFC, like the Chael Sonners, like he's a promo guy. He'll sit there and slag everyone off. Conor McGregor would not be as big as he was without his gob and his pro mm. and his Vince McMahon walk and 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 so on. Um, like these type of things, <laughs> and even Tyson Fury, in a way, he there's a promo now. They'll they'll have a like a Barney in the and the face off and stuff. These type of things never because it used to always be like quite cordial and stand foot until it was like Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank in a way, shall we say? <laughs> but um, <laughs> them type of aspects that kind of like even though like when they do interviews and stuff, they'll used well they used to always look down a little bit on wrestling but now you've got these people that come and like dig it up and you get the ufc stars wanting to be part of the wrestling like ronda rousey now uh one of the biggest uh, stars in wwe and like say playing the heel character coming in there and doing it um i know shield son has said he wants to be part of the wrestling but uh, that might be a problem because he's a bit of a meant to be a bit of an asshole but <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so let like, lesnar in well, Lesnar went to there first, so uh, yeah. So Lesnar took over the, anything he done, really. So, <laughs> and it's that thing as well. Brock Lesnar did the the, the, the transfer, should I say, to, to MMA. Now mm-hmm. he's not he's not a promo guy in in, in, res, in wrestling terms. You know, you mm-hmm. you probably put him way down the list in terms of promo. You know what I mean? But yeah. in MMA, all he has to say is, "Can you see me now?" You mm-hmm. know, you know this this big. This big wrestler guy, how dare he come over to MMA? He's a mm-hmm. he's a he's a pesky wrestler. He do, he's not a fighter. He's coming over to our playground. You know what I mean? And it, it's can you see me now? And and all the all the the fallout from Frank Mayer and stuff like that when he got on the mic and you know mm-hmm. this Bud Light and and all that. You know that that was it was superb. It was Brock Lesnar being himself, but also a character. You know, he, he you know, he knows how to put, obviously I'm not telling him how, how to do his job by by any means, but he, he knows his job, you know, mm-hmm. and it could create a lot of interest in him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He can't go over there and be yeah, more respectful and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's thinking as a businessman. No, yeah. definitely. But it, it's interesting. So I know, Next year we had a little bit of a conversation as well. Like we did talk a lot, like sorry, content wise <laughs> off, offline as well. Um, but like say from the events as well. I know we've got the one coming up uh, on what date is it again? It's I know it's in March. March eighteenth. March eighteenth. That's the one. What's like say the idea next? Is it like say do this event or do you have like the plans or is that letting too much out of the bag? Like what's what's the future plans? I, I would love to give you an exclusive for the next one. Um, <laughs> it, it has been confirmed, but I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I can't say it o- online, but it, it will oh. be getting announced. Um, oh. You know, and, it, and it's the extension and follow-up of, of said storylines, you know, so you, you've you got at the, should, should we say, top of the bill, you know, that that's mm. that's where it's heading. It's, it's you know, the Josh Kodak and H.T. Drake, you know, the, the relationship mm. there, it's broke down for... for for, for many reasons, you know, um, I'm not going to give my opinion on it, but that, that's for the audience to decide, you know, it's teacher exactly. versus student, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Josh Kodak just wants to be a professional wrestler. Does mm-hmm. he look like a wrestler? Is, is he the size of Hulk Hogan? Does he even look like a 
the stereotypical what a man looks like you know you know he's a, mm. he's a he's he's effectively a child doing this you know and he's a, he's a boy he's wanting to he's wanting to fulfill his dream you know and you know got ht drake well traveled you know well experienced and you know he has certain etiquette and criteria of what it takes to be a wrestler you know and i'm not giving my opinion on it it's for other people to judge and does does joshua kodak for um live up to that you know mm. should he be vilified for for, for his personality and he's dare i say weirdness and uniqueness or does that need to be celebrated that that mm-hmm. is up to the that is up to the audience to decide you know but this is coming to a head you know and uh mm-hmm. you'll, you'll 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 certainly be a feature on 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 Feral on, on March eighteenth, and, uh, and it'll be a, an extension of, of, of what's already been happening. And you know you've got um, Ace Matthews and Lou, mm-hmm. um, Big Lou there. You know, and Ace Matthews just doesn't want to engage in a fight with Lou Nixon. You know, and and who would? You know, yeah. he's, he's a he's a legitimate fighter. You know, and he's a he's aligned himself with Jimmy Wall, and he you know he he believes that Lou believe, believes if he goes through the channels of of Jimmy Wall, that he can get it done. You know, you've, you've, it's been in the promo, you know, Jimmy, you know, he's probably the Del Boy of British wrestling, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. called himself the facilitator, you know, he'll get things done. So, mm-hmm. you know, he believes that he can get this, this match signed um, at Feral between between Lou, uh, uh, Lou and um, Ace. So yeah. does Ace have a an Ace up his sleeve? Should, can I use that pun? I, I already have. <laughs> you already have. <laughs> you already have. I love no, this. <laughs> that was again like how Ace sneaked out of that match at the the last one as well. That was frustrating because uh, the guy on the mic, I just wanted to see him getting slapped about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but that's just so like I say, a good guy who's like good getting the crowd worked up and good go on. Um. The one thing I did wonder about as well, because I know you did have the trophy at the last one, is there going to be an avant-garde belt? Well, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's it, what does a belt symbolise? It symbolises a, a champion, you know. It symbolises um, top of the food chain in, in, in British wrestling. So, yeah, we we, we are looking at a, um, a championship belt, you know, and um, who is wor- who is worthy of that? You know, you've you've got them. Um, <laughs> You know, Nathan Black is on such a charge. You know, you've had, um, you know, Dara Diablo on the first show. You know, people mm-hmm. are like liking him to, to to Bronson and 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 things mm-hmm. of that nature. You know, so just on on a side note on him, you can do so much creative with with a with a character like Bronson, should I say? You know, and mm-hmm. um, our our do say anti heel is that the right word? Our anti face is that what, what you call it? Anti hero. Mm-hmm. We got there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got so many top talent. You know, you've got HCJ, like I said, well-travelled, you know. Does the teacher show Josh how, how to go on and, and, and be a champion, you know? So we've, we've got something in the works, you know. But uh, cool. you've got to tune in. You've got to be there to, to, to see exactly. these stories. You know? You've got a space princess and Commander Stolen kicking about as well. You've got to be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all her pizzazz and, and all that you know and her following you know the uh, a big fan base there and uh, you know very, very entertaining you know and uh, that, yeah that was that was who I was like real excited to see so it was very very happy that you you brought them in to the mm-hmm. the avant-garde family because 
That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, if you do get a belt, I can see Jake trying to get into the ring, trying to just get either his no. hands on the belt or just a, a picture with the belt. As Lee said, <laughs> respect is a <laughs> big don't, don't tell him I'm going to charge the ring. <laughs> I at the last show because you come sneaking in early. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do like to kind of pretend I'm supposed to be somewhere every now and then. See what I can see. <laughs> Bless you. No, that, that, that was such a nice experience. So when we walked in, even though we were like a little bit early, like we just looked around and like we're just like I was two little schoolboys, just like looking up, going, "Oh, look at the bright lights!" Oh it's and the then... ring. It's very like imposing, but also like impressive because like when you're a kid, you just see this like from the camera yeah. pulled back position. And then when you get to stand in front of it, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the noises, you, you've never heard noises like it. I know that sounds a bit weird, but that stays with me, like like hearing the bumps, hearing like the hits, and when they get thrown over the top rope and you actually get splashed with a sweat. It's all the experience. And mm. like, say, I hope I'm selling it well for you there. You, re- um, you really, really are. <laughs> no, um, just, as I said, we will be there in spades and we'll try not to get there too early this time uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely try and get the front row again because that was amazing um but yes lee can i can i ask like one thing um if you've got like any like advice to anyone who wants to get into wrestling who might be listening or like anything like what would you kind of give to them to in that regard um first and foremost is 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 to be healthy um you, you know I'm, I'm saying this as a 30 i'm given my age now i'm a 34 year old grown man so i've got plenty of injuries and i've trained in the in the wrong way you know and it's it, it, I'm, I'm 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 certainly starting to feel it now you know so first and foremost is being healthy you know not just in the body but in, in the mind as well you know and it's you know i'm not going to a kid um say anything that, that that that's you know that it's all dreams and hopes and you know all, all of that you're going to get you, you're going to get everything if you just put in the hard work and stuff like that it's it's about being healthy first and foremost and if this is something that you really want to do you, you check out your, your local schools that there are there are they are available now you know you look at northern grafter you know and um run by ht drake do you know what i mean he runs a very sound um facility up there in Newcastle and um you know Rampage Brown he's still very much um on the scene you know and um it's it's worth seeking advice from him and stuff like that he has has his training he has his training school as well you know so it, you you want to check them out so now I look at you know different training schools you know you can get you can get different styles from different coaches do you know do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it, it is worth checking them out you know but first and foremost it's it's about being healthy you know and it, it is I'm not I'm not kidding around here there's a lot of trauma that goes with wrestling in terms of yeah. what you do to your body and stuff like that so it's about eating right you know you know um training outside of of wrestling training as well and just keep yourself physically fit and you know but but also if you if you just want a, a decent social life as well you know if you just want just want mm-hmm. it as a training you know you, you can go and just you know you you love wrestling so if you want to just be a part of it from that aspect you don't want to if you don't want to be the next Roman Reigns or, or whatever mm-hmm. you don't have to be but if you want to just be amongst wrestling then you, you can do that as well there's no there's no um issues with that I, mean, I think as you said the training part I saw someone running the ropes before 
And as you as you said, something as simple as well, I say as simple, sorry, because it, it's very specialised to do is hitting the ropes and running the ropes, especially where it's about getting your paces right, getting the the cardio in, and like I say, building up the calluses as well for the rope because they leave marks that I didn't believe would leave marks as well. So even if some like the the basics is probably I would is probably the best thing to. To, to focus on as well because you get these kids now who do these death matches and see like putting people through who knows what and just to get on YouTube or get anything yeah. it is quite scary and I know we joked about it earlier like say as kids we used to do like daft things on mattresses or hair bales and stuff like that which <laughs> was ridiculously stupid and that's it why these years before health and safety <laughs> like <laughs> where, where these warnings do go up now but if 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 <laughs> It has become, as you said, more popular than uh, people realise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just by doing the Nerdy Up North group, there is other independent uh, wrestling companies, I think, or schools that have posted things about people to come down. I think there's one in South Shields that someone goes to as well. But again, I don't know them personally. I don't know them, like, say, how, how they run. But it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see options are there for people that were probably not there when when we were younger as well it's lovely to see that aspect because if you're a wrestling fan you've had the thought run through your head when you were younger (laughs) like that's what i want to do but it was not accessible now it's like my god like really it's ridiculously accessible I wish I, I wish I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the knees and the without the knee problem and the back problem. <laughs> but um, I, I know we all we I mentioned before as well. Like I, I know it's probably a cliche question to ask, but what are your top five wrestlers? Would you say that oh. like your, your favorites were? You're kind of putting us on the spot here. They'll, Very they'll much so. <laughs> you know, in the morning. But let's have a let's have a think. Um, so top of the build, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm. I've talked about him and what, what the influence he had and, you know, mm-hmm. it got me hooked on wrestling, you know, basically. Um, in number two, I'd probably put Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, mm-hmm. Just just his character, you know, and, you know, yeah. flipping the bird and, you know, drinking the cans. Um, it's very entertaining, you know. On the mic, he could do different versions of his character as well. I love the whole, you know, people are, are not not so much fans of it or there was a group that wasn't fans of fans of it and I can understand why it's because people saw um, Steve Austin as the Texas Rats you know the truck yeah. guy and I quite like the Stone Cold Steve Austin that was giving people hugs you know oh and the one who's playing the ukulele as well <laughs> and all he craved was Vince McMahon's love he, yeah. he, you know like it was such, um, it gave more dimension to the character, yeah. do you know what I mean? And that that's what it, it is. And it, that's kind of like my gripe about certain characters, maybe in wrestling now, where it's just, oh, he's a tough guy, or he's a cocky guy, or he's, you know, you've got, let's take Josh Kodak, for instance. You've got a character there that's just so, it could go in different directions, you know. But he's quite, he just wants guidance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you've got there's so many subplots and narratives you could run with that you know what I mean but uh, yeah that's a, that's an up for another story in at number three uh, <laughs> the rock yeah I've got, I've got to go with the rock you know it's um <laughs> you know you could you could you could swap maybe them two about Stone Cold or, or the rock you know what I mean but I'll, I'll <laughs> put him in as number three um number four um let's have a think who have we got Rick Flair and I pro- <laughs> probably I'd only I don't appreciate his work like we were saying before, like later on in life, you mm-hmm. know. But, um, yes. I just, 
I remember at the time of like Hulk Hogan when I was four year, years old, I was thinking, who's I thought Rick Flair was about 90 when. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never looked young, has he? <laughs> like, yeah, I thought, you know, great. I was like, why is this old man winning all the time? <laughs> I was also confused by that. Yeah. I was always confused why he stuck about five steps and fell over. That was always the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> the flop. Oh, that's part of his moveset, you know what <laughs> I mean? Now, you know, and I don't think he's ever come off the top rope and nailed something before. He's always no. been caught and slammed off it, you know? So it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know, he was probably the best heel in wrestling. So I've got yeah. him at number four and number five. Oh, let's have a think. Is Undertaker two? Uh, I, I like to throw a little bit of a curveball in there. I could say the Undertaker. I'll go with um, Brian Pillman. Um, mm. Again, I appreciate his work. Um, when, obviously, you know, Sadly, when it went past, you know, and I, you know, after you know, you look back on his work and like the legacy that he left mm-hmm. for so many people, and you know, you look at him, and he, he, I don't want to put 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 my oh, God forbid, put myself in, in in this bracket, but you know, what gets thrown about me is, is I'm I'm crazy, and I don't like to call myself that, but like in terms of avant garde, it's a crazy thing to do in terms of how <laughs> dare you try to come up with a new concept when wrestling. <laughs> Such an, you know, I've got these crazy yeah. ideas. Some of them bomb. Some of them are achievable. So, but I'd rather start up here than 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 down here because if you can start up here, then you can work mm. yourself down. But my, my trying to get back on the top point with Brian Pillman, he, he was crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And some some of the ideas that he that he come up with that, that was on it was on a podcast one time that uh, Steve Austin was saying he was saying he wanted to in the in the middle of the Super Bowl he wanted to. Um, chain himself up to the goalposts. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah, about yeah, right. You know, and you know the the heat that he got in ECW and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you talk about different tones of voice. Jake the Snake Roberts was very much monotone. Mm-hmm. He was always screaming, you know, and he, you believed he was a crazy guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, even out of character, so I'm hearing he, he liked he liked to mm-hmm. play the character. The 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 Brian Pillman. You didn't know whether he was. Brian mm-hmm. Pillman, the character, or Brian Pillman, the actual the guy, yeah. you know, and, and just a, an, an enigma, or is that the right word? Just no, it, it, it absolutely is when it comes to Pillman. I watched um, is it Beyond the Mat? No, that's the dark a side com- of the oh, completely different uh, dark, documentary. Dark, dark, dark side, side of the ring. the ring, Beyond the Mat's a completely different documentary. That's so old. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dark Side of the Ring, and I didn't realize you, you can't draw the line between the two people. The way that his personal life was to how his wrestling life was, there's just there's no distinct line there between it. It was the gun. It was the gun on on live television. That's that what was, I remember the most, yeah. like as a, as a child. <laughs> Who pulls the fucking gun out? <laughs> to be fair, you would if Austin was coming through your door. But uh, uh, <laughs> be fair, I don't think we would have got the Austin we had if it wasn't for uh, Pillman. Because I know, That's like the Hollywood Blondes in in WWCW. WWCW, WCW, sorry. Um, Because yeah. I, I think Austin learned so much from Pillman, yeah. like, say, like, how to be, like, not just, like, a fantastic wrestler, but it was about how to cut a promo, how to, like, carry himself. And you have to remember as well, when by the time Pillman got to WWE, he had that bad, bad accident where he couldn't even walk. Yeah. So, yeah. basically, all his time through WWE, it was just, as just, and you, you never would remember this, but he was a promo guy. It was the guy that mm-hmm. like done all the talking, like the Heart Foundation. He got them over so much. And if you think about it, you've got like 
Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Davy Boy Smith, and um, was it Davy Boy Smith at the time or was it Jim Nye? Um, I, I can't Jim, remember the t- Jim Nyehart. Um, and he got them over so much more than the, like not saying they wouldn't have got over eventually, but fastly just because get in front of the TV and the mic, you didn't know what mm. he was going to say. Yeah, he was a proper loose kind of... You know, even in that that era, you go on the the feud with him and Goldust, you know, Mm -hmm. they probably couldn't do that nowadays, that storyline, but the way he performed that, Mm -hmm. this guy is is off his rocker. He is Mm -hmm. absolutely off his rocker, you know. And I think even prior to that, when, you know, he he took him for 30 days or whatever, it was was like Pillman had to wear a dress, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was fueling that that he was getting laughed at, that he was getting embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? So when mm-hmm. he had his justice, oh, he's going to milk this, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, it, again, it's a different time. You probably you probably have to do that storyline a little bit different, but it was the performance in that. that mm-hmm. you, know, you, you believed he was an absolute fruit loop, you know, and it was it was yeah. great. <laughs> no, definitely. But I, I, going back to Austin as well, like, I can't believe, like, the stuff he got over. Um, like, say, as one of your picks, he got the word what over. What? And it still gets said in arenas today what? now, uh, even though it's the most annoying really chat. Um, but I love it when a wrestler like does something like that and gets something like Chris Jericho. I know, like I say, off the wall now, but he could literally get anything over just by like the list, a scarf. And I think recently he got over a pen. He got a cheer with <laughs> um, on AEW the other night, him and Ricky Starks, I think. Uh, yeah. He started getting chance for a pen. Is he like, going through a bit of a heel stage at the moment? Because his interviews at the minute, he sounds like a proper little bit of Betty. <laughs> I think he's so always it, going that, through it. Is that, is, is that the stage you know, he's at at the minute? <laughs> in, in, I think a lot of people in wrestling say the best character is sometimes yourself turned up to 11. <laughs> and I think Chris Jericho is just uh, showing a bit more of himself lately. <laughs> <laughs> he's just dialed it up a bit. A little but, bit yeah. but now I know Lee's a big fan of Hulk Hogan. If I don't see a Hulk Hogan come back... Uh, at the next avant-garde wrestling, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> if Paul doesn't hear real American coming out, I mean, play it for Paul when he comes back from the toilet, you know? <laughs> Just imagine. <laughs> yes. No. Um, wait, like, from like what jo- Josh has said as well, like in, in the post, you are almost sold out now at the event, isn't it? There's only a few tickets wow. left. Yeah, it's limited tickets. They are selling um, thick and fast. Um we do have a promo code just for you, for your nerdy up north listeners. Um, it's it's known in, in capital letters. That's N U N. I have yeah. spelled that. Twenty five percent off, and it's you know we, we, we'd love to have you there. Um, like I said, it's, it, it's last. The promo code's lasting twenty four hours, so please um get in there whilst um there are tickets still available. But, but like I say, I keep I'll reiterate they are very limited. Yeah, no, come and, come and hang out with me and Paul as we uh get shouted wrestlers and forget everything else around us <laughs> oh, I, I am the most socially awkward person in the world so if i get recognized and one of the wrestlers like points says i'm just going to run outside so that's not see you later, Jake. <laughs> um, i generally can't make this one because march is a mad month but i really want to go like mm. i really want to go i've never we'll, been, we'll get you there. For all of, for all of my life being a wrestling fan i've never actually been to a live event before in any aspect so i really want to go I think we're going to try and get Donna there. Donna would be scary. Donna like would actually like if you ever seen a personality, she would never. I know it sounds really strange saying this. She has the personality of a wrestler, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> she is very much larger of larger than life. 
<laughs> well, that sounds like the, the right customer way you want, so we'll look after But uh, she, she might be a nice person to speak to as well, because she runs uh, one of the big sun, uh, cons in Newcastle. She runs SunnyCon. I've so... done that yeah, well, I know. <laughs> 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 ah, yeah, yeah start roaming there and like body slamming cosplayers or <laughs> wow Mario flying through the air what's the worst no, well, I, I just love linking up with creative people and that's one of the reasons why I, why I did a wrestling show is do, do I want to just do a wrestling show that, that's kind of just like the the sprinkling of it you know it, it's really what I want to do is I want to work with creative people you know mm-hmm. and Egos is one thing, you know, you get you get them in, in all walks of life, you know, and I could do without that, you know. It's yeah. but it's how can we get the best content, shall we say content, for for the fans, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. It's it's not about me and saying, Oh, look at the cool thing that I did, or it's not about Josh saying, Oh, I'm finally a wrestler and look at me. It's 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 about the overall concept, it's about the overall entertainment, and it's all all about the fans' engagement with us and, and just for an enjoy enjoyable night, you know. And it's like going back mm-hmm. to my point, you know, it's about working, you know, with yourselves, you know, very creative people, you know, and what you mm-hmm. do. Um and you know, it's just everybody that you know that, that it's like a like networking that I find mm-hmm. yeah. Is you know yes I'm doing a wrestling show but but please reach out you know like yeah. we're not too busy to have a conversation you know what I mean and if, if that's what you're in in it for the creative process and all that you know even if it's just to talk over nerdy things like what we're, what we're doing now you know that's mm-hmm. what we're that's what we're all about yeah, yeah, you never and, know and, you never know when something's going to trigger a, like a good idea do you absolutely yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing that's that's how we started this thing because like during lockdown like as yourself you were just itching to do something creative or like not going to the pub and meet talking to your friends about things that you enjoy or movies you enjoy. I couldn't talk to anyone about the Goonies, so it just killed us. Um, (laughs) So I had to, like I said, that was the whole premise behind Nerdy Up North was just to get people together to talk nerdy shit. And then Sam badges into doing a podcast because let's be honest, I'm not the most confident or social people. I say I like to hide behind the computer. So <laughs> doing this was absolutely terrifying. But once we started doing it, it's one of the most addictive things I've ever done in my life. Truly, truly is. But again, like the, in a similar vein, like we we just do it because we like to do it. It's yeah. not like there's no like like trying to get views or anything, which is nice. It's like obviously we do try, but like we're not like forcing anything like yeah. it is very much like a creative outlet and it's nice yeah. to have that it's therapy and like what's been great like as you said the last few months people's been reaching out to us or we've been reaching out to them to come on and tell them a bit about themselves as well especially if yeah. they're from the northeast and especially if they're doing something that we are interested in winning hearing different stories of how they get started and what they're passionate about it kind of like lights the flat fire up your ass a little bit as it well does. and think um reinvigorates you. Like we've done been doing this now, like it's 122 episodes or 23 episodes. Yeah, so which... coming up in two years. <laughs> I'm talking shit. So. <laughs> but yeah, like uh I mean I'm just gonna admit it, Lee, like asking to get some wrestlers on the podcast was like absolutely like a selfish thing because I wish that way like when I was a kid that I had a kind of like I mean, I know like the internet's full of it, but like, like I wish I'd had that kind of like mentor kind of like, you know, this is how you get in. This is what it's like. This is what it's really like. This is what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like it's, it's always like, that's something I wanted to do with 
the like interviews and stuff is kind of get some information out there like like you say network and share some like techniques just so everyone can like be better and be good that's that's what we want to do <laughs> the way you yeah. come across Lee is very um you, you've almost like like such, you just want to be a storyteller yeah and I just <laughs> fucking love that so much obviously I like, joke I, coming from like I love comic books so and comic books is nothing it's nothing if not storytelling and I just love the fact that you want to bring like you, you just want wrestling in story like or storytelling in wrestling because that was what that's what got me into it was the storytelling and I do feel like oh, for the last few years it has lacked a bit of it where it's just mundane or boring or it's not aimed at me I don't know um but I love the fact that you just it's storytelling that's driving you mm-hmm. yeah I, love it. I, I appreciate them words that's very kind of you um that, that, you know that's we go through life. That's what we go through life. We, we, we live on emotion, you know, and we mm-hmm. can skip over lift or we can be angry. And I mentioned stereotypes before, like the nerdy person and a, and a, a big buff guy or, or, or whatever, or a, um, an Instagram model or, or whatever. But at our core, we are all the same. Regardless of what we're into, we are all the same. It's like mm-hmm. we have got no idea of what I'm going to get philosophical here of what, what life is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we are scared in a sense. We're, we're scared, we're scared to, you know, take a chance or we're scared to maybe walk down the, the, the other side of the road because we're, 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 we're um, we're, we're a creature of habits, should I say, mm. you know, and, 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 and that's what, that's what I want to kind of just, I want to get out my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what it is. It's about comfort zone. You know what I mean? And I want to tell different stories, you know, of, um, like I've said, the people that I've met, the kind of my own experiences and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. instead of celebrating success stories, you know, let's, let's shed some light on the vulnerability of, of, of things, you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what that grabs my attention. You know, I kind of root for the, for the underdog. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In my, 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 my every ordinary life, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I've got a, 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 a a friendship groups that's just pigeonholed as one thing you know mm-hmm. i've got my gym friends i've got me wrestling friends i've got me my nerdy up north friends now. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, I, I, i've got you know different friend groups and i can you know and it, it's 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 nice like that you know it's not not something that you should shy away from the word nice and you know mm-hmm. and it, Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to tell these stories and have now finally a, a platform to tell to t- tell said stories, you know. And like like I say, I am head of creative, you know what I mean. And I don't want to sound like oh, I'm, I've got I've got all the answers, you know. But if I can mm. collaborate with people and tell their story, or that they want to add a different slant on things and stuff like that, then that's what I want to hear, you know, to get it mm-hmm. to get a story and turn it all the way up to like I say, keep going back to it, give give the fans the best experience that they can have. Yeah. No, definitely. And again, as you said, networking and like finding things. If there's anything we can do as well to help yeah. uh, at any point as well, more than happy. Like I know, like I say, there's nothing much we can do, but like I, possibly, <laughs> but we are. Like I say, there's a lot of things we can try and like I say get involved with it as well. So always feel like like the door is always open there if, yeah. if any needs be. But um, but yeah, I was just looking at the time as well. So yeah. Just to wrap up, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to say further, like just to give yourself a final promotion there, Lee. <laughs> just took them um, plugging my phone charger in there because I thought I was going <laughs> to. So You're going to lose two. us? Camera <laughs> angles there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a selfie on this one, but uh, 
Yeah, um, come to the show, um, March 18th. You know, there the are very limited tickets available. Um, use the, um, the, the the code none when, when, when purchasing. You'll get 25% off. They're very limited spaces, you know, so, so get in there quick, you know, and... Um, you know, this is for everybody, families, it's for, for, for grown adults, it's for, um, you know, teenagers, you know, younger mm-hmm. people, like I say, it's, it's for the family, it's for, for, for absolutely everybody. Yeah, um, it was, it was and, a massively welcoming atmosphere, I can I can attest. <laughs> brilliant. And, and, you know, and it's for the Lost Wrestling fan, you know, um, oh. you still watch it, do you not? You know, we're reaching out to you. You know, this this one is for you. You know, they, all the promos, all the hard work that the team are doing. You know, this this isn't a a business for us. You know, God forbid, where we where, where we're making money and we're, what mm-hmm. we're you know we're we're living plush lifestyles and stuff like that. It's about the art. It's about has to be mm-hmm. about the loving of what we're doing and the the creativity of what what we're what we're trying to um, express there. So, like I say, March eighteenth, it's feral, and um, get your tickets now. Thank you very much. No problem, and, <laughs> and thank you so much for, for coming on, Lee, as well. And yes, I've never been thanked you. for someone yes. letting them on as well. That was quite nice. I know. But, um, but yes. uh, our most polite guest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as the bar people. <laughs> but yes, um, like I say, thank you. So yes, me and Jake will be at Avantgarde as well. So if you are there, come and say hi to Jake. Leave me alone. Uh, oh, I'll be here. <laughs> Paul's uh, going to be in the nerdy up north box that he's uh, going to build around himself. <laughs> But yes, um, <laughs> Friday. Uh, I think we are doing an, a live episode on. Well, we're not. Uh, there's a live episode no. on Friday of Goodwill and Graham uh, Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. So their mm. third episode is going live. We and are then... free on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and on Sunday we are back, and Jake's back, and we're talking about the Batman. The Batman. The yes. Bat. Yes. Yeah. Also, my episode five of my Patreon series is up on Patreon, but my. But episode two of the Ice and Fire podcast is now available on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. Please, just <laughs> let us know what you think. Check I it out. Know. <laughs> just interested. Just the bear and the maiden, shall we say. But... We're not calling it that. I'm sorry. No. But yes. I can't believe he came up with that idea. I didn't. It wasn't me. As is he. I can't All believe right. he came up with that idea. <laughs> but yes. Um, but yeah, thank you, Lee, for coming on. And uh, same you. back time, same back channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.